Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. We are super excited that you're here with us uh, this afternoon. Uh, these moments that we share together around Christmas time is always such a blessing uh, to us here at Trinity Church. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for braving the weather and to be here with us uh, today. Now, we have all had them, these uh, aha moments. Uh, we have all had moments where we say eureka, either internally or externally. We, um, we, we, we have a moment of lucidity. We have a moment of clarity. After struggling with a problem or an issue, and all of a sudden the answer comes, and we may not yell it uh, out loud, eureka, but something inside of us says, I found the answer. Well, that term originated, eureka, or epiphany, or aha, actually originated with a dude by the name of Archimedes. Uh, he actually lived in the 200s before Christ. He was a mag mathematician and an inventor. Story has it that uh, a local king asked him to detect whether um, the crown was pure gold or if the goldsmith had added silver to the crown. And during his trip to the public bath, he noticed how water got displaced when his body sank into the bathtub. The volume of the water displaced equals the volume of the body immersed in the water. He suddenly realized at that point that two objects which weighed the same in the air might not weigh the same in water because of the less, dense, the less dense object would displace less water. And this is known as the Archimedes principle. He leaped out of the bathtub and ran through Syracuse, Sicily naked, saying, Eureka, Eureka, I have found it. Now, I wouldn't recommend when you have an aha moment to run out of your bathroom naked, that you could get arrested for that. And so, but, but he had his aha moment, a sudden realization, inspiration, insight, recognition, comprehension. Now, there seems to be two phases of an aha moment or an epiphany or a eureka moment. The first phase is the problem solver is stuck in the problem, and there is nothing it seems that the person can do to actually get unstuck. They've explored all possibilities, and they still cannot find the solution. And then the second phase occurs. The second phase happens unexpectedly and suddenly. Either someone says something or someone does something, and all of a sudden there is a moment of lucidity. There's a moment of clarity. And then there is a breaking of the mental fixation on the problem, and the answer is seen. Eureka, aha, epiphany. 
Maybe you're trying to remember a song in a conversation or remembering the title of a movie or something that happened in the movie and you can't seem to get it. And I mean, that's benign, but all of a sudden, like three hours later, aha, that's the movie. And then you text or you call and the person has totally forgotten about it. But in, in your case, you want to make sure to let them know that you had that moment of aha, eureka, epiphany. A couple is constantly missing each other in, a conver- in conversations. They cannot seem to solve the problem. They cannot seem to solve the issue. Then a friend or a counselor or a therapist or someone else says, have you tried to understand their love language? I didn't even know there was such a thing. And then all of a sudden, you begin to speak the language of your spouse or your partner. And then all, all of a sudden, aha, eureka, epiphany, that's it. Or maybe it's a business uh, that's about to lose a customer, and then an employee just comes up to you and just reminds you of how you used to take care of the customer or a customer service, a service habit that you used to have that won that customer. And then all of a sudden, the CEO says, aha, eureka, that's it. I mean, COVID came and we all had aha moments, right? Like, you, I can start a business online. I can make videos. Some of you did make TikTok videos and you probably don't want anybody to see those right now. And, or I don't need brick and mortar to succeed. I can actually succeed online. Aha, eureka, epiphany. I was in the sauna yesterday at the Mac and was having a conversation with a perfect stranger. Again, this person I didn't know. He's an entrepreneur, and, um, and he was trying to figure out how he could spend Christmas, how he could uh, have uh, his hours on Christmas Eve and still spend time with his wife's parents, his wife's family. And I said, well, have you considered like doing holiday hours, having your do the morning and then you're free in the afternoon? He said, how come I didn't think of that? He actually cussed, but, but I'm just saying. He said, like, wow, that's, that's a, he had his aha moment. My work was done that day and I felt okay. And he said, like, wow, that's, that's it. Aha. I wonder if, like Artemides, Archimedes, you are stuck. You have a problem. You're in phase one. Problem in your marriage, problem in your job, problem internally, problem with finding peace, problem with anxiety, and, str- and you're struggling. I mean, you've done all the right things, but you're stuck. Life is a riddle, and it's a puzzle. It's an enigma. You've tried to figure out how, uh, how to be happy and how to have peace, and all on your own, the more you try, the less peaceful you are. The harder you try, the less peace you have. The do more and try harder phase have left you exhausted, and you still don't have your aha moment. We're stuck. You're stuck. Well, humanity was stuck as well. I mean, we were stuck in sin and no way to connect with a loving and holy God. It was a problem. It was a puzzle. It was an enigma. It was confusing. It was dark. It was chaotic. It was a riddle. Then God suddenly gave us a new 
key piece of information. He gave us a swift insight that made everything clear to us. You see, Christmas is all about God giving the world an epiphany and an aha moment, an event that transforms our dark, chaotic, and turbulent world and clarifies life's essence and purpose. Christmas is God's aha moment that has dawned upon the world. The world was dark and broken. People were searching and hoping for some new piece of information that would help figure things out, to have a moment of lucidity, a moment of clarity, and our world had tried so many things. I mean, humanity tried to wield political power, that that seemingly all we need is to connect with the right political people, and all of our life problems would be solved. That's, that really is the case even today. If I can just connect with the right political person, the right political party, that somehow we will have an aha moment. We will have an epiphany. We will run through the streets crying, Eureka, Eureka, we have found the problem, the answer to our problem. And listen, we have all kinds of political power at our disposal, and we still have the problems. We still have the riddles. We We still have the enigmas, and we still don't have our aha moment. Humanity tried intellectual power. Listen, all we got to think is if we can just logic our way out of this, if we can just use our minds, and again, we have used our minds, and God, we thank God for the intellectual acumen that we have, that, that we were able to solve some problems. We have used uh, our minds to solve problems with technologies that we have, and yet, It seems like our logical minds cannot solve the deepest problems of humanity. Our logical minds cannot solve the problem of the lack of peace and the lack of joy and the lack of happiness. And so it seems as if even our intellectual power doesn't leave us with an aha moment. I would dare say that even we have tried uh, religion to actually solve the problem. And again, we, there are people who are listening to me right now in the room or online. Well, re- religion should be able to solve the problem. Religion should have the answers to the problems of life. And yet, we're still left without an aha moment because, you say, well, well, all I got to do is, is treat others like I want to be treated. All we have to do is, is, is be a good person and do all the right things. And the problem with that is you and I will never know how much good is good enough. So when we stand before a holy God, will he say, ah, you, have still, you still are found wanting. And so there's, we're still left without even with religion doing more and more to try to please God, and we're still left without our aha moment. Well, Christmas, during Christmas, God himself gave the answer. God himself 
gave the answer. It's not political power. It's not intellectual power. It's not religious power. It is a different kind of power. And God himself, he wrapped himself in human flesh, and he said, I will solve the problem myself. So he did something about it. He did something about it. This is what Titus says. Titus chapter 2 Verse 11, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, this is what it says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So amid, amid the chaos and turbulence and darkness, amid confusion, amid the moral impotence, the, amid the unsolvable problem, the unsolvable puzzle of life, the enigma of life, God gave us an aha moment. He gave us an epiphany. He gave us a eureka moment. Grace appeared. So the word in that verse where it says, and the grace of God appeared, the word appeared is where we get our word epiphany. It is where we get our word eureka. It is where we get our word aha. It is this moment of lucidity. It is the moment where you and I are trying to solve a problem and we cannot solve the problem. And God says, now I am going to give you something. I am going to give you a piece of information that will give you a moment of lucidity, a moment of clarity. Grace appeared. There Grace, epiphany, that's, that's the idea. And grace is not just a concept in this, uh, in this verse. Grace, the unmerited favor of God, the undeserved favor of God. Yes, it is a concept, but it is more than a concept. It is a person. Grace is a person. And so really what Paul is saying to Titus here is that that on that first Christmas morn, a person appeared, a person that you and I did not deserve. And that person that appeared, you know, the answer is Jesus. Jesus was a real person. And I know there are some who are listening to me right now. Isn't Jesus a figment of our imagination? Isn't he just a a fairy tale? And the answer is no, he was a real person. How do we know he was a real person? Because of his birth. On that first Christmas day, and it wasn't December 25th, Jesus was born of a virgin. God wrapped himself in human flesh and entered the world to solve our problem. And that problem was we were separated from a holy and righteous God who loved us, who wanted relationship with us. And God said, I see the problem. And man is trying to solve the problem in so many ways that will not solve the problem. And so God entered the world through this baby named Jesus. The theologians call it the incarnation where God himself wrapped himself in human flesh, entered into our world and appeared. Grace is not just a concept, but a person. 
And that person, Jesus, not only was he born, but he lived a sinless life. That baby grew up and lived a sinless life. He was tempted like you and I, but he did not sin. This is important because God needed a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Grace appeared. It's not just a concept, but a person. Jesus is that person. He was born and he lived a perfect and sinless life. But, but that's not all. Jesus died a violent and beautiful death. He died a violent and beautiful death. Violent because an innocent man, someone who had never sinned, that's important for us to keep in mind, someone who had never sinned died by crucifixion, the most heinous, the most horrible way to die according to the Roman records. And that innocent man, that man who who is called God with us, Emmanuel, he died on a cross for your sins and mine. They nailed his hands and nailed his feet, pierced his side, and there on the cross, the righteous died for the unrighteous, for you and for me. Innocent man died. And in that moment, anyone, you and me, anyone who believes in Jesus, guess what happens? His righteousness is transferred to you and me. And so when we stand before a holy God, you say, wait a minute, I I am broken. I have all kinds of issues. But the text says, the moment you and I trust Jesus, His righteousness, his life is transferred to us. And God looks at us as holy and righteous. I know, I know, I know that's too good to be true. That is the aha moment of the world. That is the epiphany. That is the eureka that a loving God, a holy God, a righteous God comes and enters our world and he gives us life. But then that's not all. They bury him in a grave. But on the third day, he was raised back to life. He was raised back to life with all power, power to actually change our lives, power to give us the ultimate aha moment, power to give us our epiphany, power to say this is what life, how life was meant to be lived. And so when Paul says grace appeared, he was not just talking about a concept. He was talking about a person, a person who actually lived, a person who was born of a virgin, the person who lived a sinless life, a person who actually died a horrible and beautiful death, that life was given to us through that death, a a person who actually was buried in a grave, that person rose again on the third day to give you and I life. Paul says, and grace appeared. So Christmas is, yes, about a baby born, but it's about so much more than that. It is about the undeserved favor of God on us. But he comes bringing something. 
actually, when, when, we, when we see this Jesus, so in Greek literature, the word appeared or epiphanied can actually function as a technical term to describe a hero breaking into a helpless situation to rescue someone from danger. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, there, there's a clip that I'm going to show. There has, it's a little, um, has a little, um, has some fighting in it. So I just want you to recognize that, but I think it really hits the point. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, don't say, well, I was going to go and watch that movie when I got home, all right? So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, check out one of my favorite movies, Avengers Endgame. Check it out.
Let's go. So, so some of you are looking like, I don't even understand what just happened. But for those of you who are Avenger aficionados, uh, Captain America was done. Like, like, like there was nothing left in him. He needed a hero. And, and, and all of the Avengers showed up. L- literally, Thanos, the big ugly guy, um, had literally wiped out everyone, it seems. And that's the same way it is here in our world, where it looked like we had lost, and the world needed a hero, and God sent a hero, and that hero was Jesus Christ. He died and rose again for us. And so, what does he bring? He brings salvation. And salvation There are several things this word means. I know it's a big word, but there are several images that come to mind. Number one, it is the word liberation. So when Jesus comes, he brings liberation. You and I were in bondage by sin, and Jesus' death, his birth, his death, and his resurrection breaks the chain so that you and I might experience liberation. But another image is wholeness, that you and I were sick with sin, and you see the image that Jesus came, and he worked miracles, and there were individuals who were sick, and Jesus touched them and healed them. That is the kingdom of God breaking in to our world. It represents wholeness. So when Jesus, the grace of God, appeared, he brings liberation, and he brings wholeness. But another thing that he brings, he brings well-being. And that's another word for he brings shalom or he brings peace. That the places in our lives that were broken, Jesus comes and he brings well-being. Now, you see pots of, um, of with little gold in it, vases with little gold in it. That is called the kintsugi. And kintsugi is this Japanese term where, where pots were broken and they fixed the pots with actual gold. And so what we see here is that when Jesus brings salvation, he is not only bringing liberation, he is not only bringing healing, but he is saying that I am going to take your broken lives. I am going to take your broken pots and I am going to fix it with the gold of my grace, with the gold of my love. When Jesus comes, he brings this kind of salvation. But the other thing that he brings, he brings newness. He brings this sense of I am going to make you new. I am not just going to fix a little bit of you. I am going to change you from the inside out. So this grace appears, Jesus Christ, and he brings with him liberation. He brings with him whole, uh, wholeness and healing. He brings with, them, with him shalom, taking and fixing broken things. And he says, I am going to make you new. And he says he brings it not just for some people, he brings it for all people. The text says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for who? All people. 
You mean to tell me someone like me, my life is so broken. My life is all messed up. And I would say Christmas grace is for you. But I've been incarcerated, Christmas grace is for you. But, but you, don't, you don't understand where I've been and how long I've done it. You don't understand. I, I am filled with shame and condemnation. Christmas grace is for you. I received a text from uh, one of my good friends um, yesterday and says, man, I've been meaning to get back. I've been meaning to get back to church. I've been meaning to walk back toward God. But he said, but honestly, I am filled with shame because I've been gone so long. And I reminded him that there's no shame in this house, that there's no condemnation in this house. Christmas grace is for you and for me. So let me see if I can, I can try to illustrate. It's like, like, you mean to tell me that Christmas grace is is for liars? And I would say, yeah, Christmas grace is for liars. You, you mean to tell me, wait, wait a minute, you used up God, you used up all the grace on the liars. Is, is there any left for a murderer like me? whether you actually murdered somebody or whether you murdered someone with your words. You mean to tell me, is there more grace? Does God's grace actually run out? And I would, dare, I would say to you that this God who, who wrapped himself in human flesh and came as a baby to give grace, he says, yeah, there's more grace for you as well. You mean to tell me, is there, is there grace for an adulterer, someone like me, someone who has not been faithful to my spouse? You mean to tell me, is there more grace for me? And I would say, yeah, absolutely, there is more grace for you. What, what, what about... What about anger? I have anger issues. I have all kinds of anger issues and I am struggling with anger and when I get angry, I say things. You mean to tell me, is there enough grace for someone like me? But Marvin, I, I get angry all the time. Does God's grace ever run out? Is there enough Christmas grace for me? And I would say, yeah, there's enough Christmas grace for you. Well, well, what about, what about, I'm a thief. I'm a thief. I have, I have stolen. I have stolen and stolen and stolen. And is there enough Christmas grace for me? Yeah, I, I repent and I, I confess. And I, is there enough Christmas grace for me? And I would say, absolutely, there's enough Christmas grace for you. Is there enough Christmas grace for the self-righteous? The person who thinks they have it all together. Is there enough grace for a person like me? And I would dare say there is. And whatever your issue is, 
Whatever your issue is, whatever your issue is right now, whatever you think keeps you from a God who loves you, he says, and there's more grace. Whatever you think it is, whatever you, whatever you can imagine it is, and God says, Christmas is all about me giving you an aha moment. What is the aha moment? Is that I love you. My grace is enough. There is more and more and more grace for us. And it never runs out. You, you, mean, you mean, there's more. It never runs out. And so maybe you're here today, and you've never experienced the love of God in that way. And you thought he discriminated against you because is, can his grace Cover my job. Can his grace cover me? Like all my thoughts, all the stuff that I think about, all the stuff that I've done, all the stuff that I like. Is it enough? And I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe God is not lying. That, that he came on that first Christmas day to show us, to give us an epiphany, an aha moment that says my, my love is enough. I want to show you just, just one more thing that, that hopefully captures this idea of aha and epiphany. Well, let's, let's, let's see. Maybe, maybe his grace, oh, it's still flowing. Look at that. Maybe you still need to realize that this God created you to be in relationship with him. Check this out. So you know how I hate the mumbling. I am the lost princess, aren't I? Did I mumble, mother? Or should I even call you that? 
Rapunzel, do you even hear yourself? Why would you ask such a ridiculous question? <laughs> it was you. It was all you. Everything I did was to protect you. I should have said another spoiler alert, right? From her birth, she was trapped in a tower. And the only thing that she had to remind her of who she was was her hair. Not just her hair, but the little cloth with the symbol of corona. In that moment, she looked up and she saw the symbols on the ceiling, maybe that she had painted long ago because of the symbol that she had in her hand. And it was in that moment, she had a moment of lucidity, everything clicked, and she realized she was the lost princess. And Jesus came so that you and I might have an aha moment. And that aha moment is the purpose of life is not to make a lot of money. The purpose of life is not just to live a good life. The purpose of life is not just to have fun, but the purpose of life is to know God. The purpose of life is to know God through Jesus Christ, that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, born in a manger, and he came and he lived and he died and was raised again. Why? So that you and I might have a moment of clarity, a moment of lucidity to say, oh, that's the reason I'm alive. I'm alive because God loves me and that his grace is sufficient to cover my sin and that his grace is enough. And so if you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is, you've never made a commitment to Jesus, you've never said, Jesus, here is my life. I turn from the way I'm living and now I want liberation. I want you to break the chains. I want the healing in my soul. I want you to bring all the broken pieces of my life back together again. I want you to make me new from the inside out. Today is that day. He came to close the gap. It's not about going to church. It's about having a relationship with him. So I'm going to pray. And again, the power is not in the prayer. If, if, if you said, this is the desire of my heart. I am trapped. I am in bondage. I am broken. And I recognize the separation that's between me and God. And the only person that can close that gap is Jesus. And maybe you're here today say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. If that is the desire of your heart, I'm going to pray, and if that is your desire, just I'm going to 
I'm going to pause, and then there's going to be a time where I will lead us in a prayer. And if, if, if that's you, just repeat the prayer after me. Power is not in the prayer. The power is truly in the, what God is doing in your heart right now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that grace appeared, and that grace appeared not just in concept, but the grace appeared in person, the person of Jesus. And he came bringing something. He came bringing um, liberation and freedom, freedom from sin. He came bringing wholeness and healing, healing the diseased parts of our lives. He came bringing well-being, shalom, taking the brokenness of our lives and putting it back together with the gold of his grace. He came bringing newness, giving us a new situation, a new life inside and out. And it's for everybody, including liars and murderers and thieves and cheaters and self-righteous. It's literally a gift of grace for everyone. And so, Father, I pray there, I know there are individuals in this room right now and online right now, they, they just don't have that relationship with you. And yet there's a deep desire for you to step into their lives, to give them their spiritual aha moment, and today is that day for them. So if that's you, if that's you, I'm just simply going to pray, and you can pray silently or you can pray aloud. Just simply, um, this prayer is it's really an expression of your desire. So just simply pray, Lord Jesus, thank you for appearing. Thank you for being born. Thank you for living a perfect life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for being raised again. And you said, if I trust you, I place my faith in you, you'll exchange my sin and brokenness for your righteousness and life. And so by faith right now, I admit that I am far from you. Please bring me close to you by your son, Jesus. I surrender my life. I surrender my future. I surrender my plans to you. And empower me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Now, if you pray again, if that was the expression of the desire of your heart, uh, the Bible says that you are part of the family of God. You are new, brand new. Again, he's like, man, I don't feel new. Look at my hands. They look the same. And, but the, 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 the word of God is clear that we are brand new creatures. We think differently, have a different perspective on how to live life. And we say, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family of God. Now, one of the things that we do here, we love to do here, um, that closes our service, Ben is going to explain that. And again, you don't want to miss this time. Thank you, Pastor Marvin. Yeah, the, the thing that Pastor Marvin is talking about is our tradition here of singing Silent Night by Candlelight. So I invite you right now, if you have a candle, you can... Um, 
get that ready. Uh, here in a moment, uh, we're going to, yeah, just even represent kind of the grace appearing um, with Jesus coming into the world. And this is just one of the things we get to do as a symbol of that. Um, just a, a couple things to just uh, kind of take note of um, is uh, there will be people lighting the candle at the end of your row. And then if you have a lit candle, just have the person with the unlit candle dip their uh, unlit candle into your dip candle. That'll kind of help, actually will help, uh, limit the amount of uh, wax uh, as well. And then um, we'll uh, all stand together here in a moment and um, sing Silent Night together. How's that sound? Sound good? All right, let's do it. I invite you all to stand and uh, we can get this part rolling.
This moment never fails to get me right, to get me in my feels. Um, because every single person in this room, you are God's aha moment for somebody. The neighborhood you live in, the place you work, someone will have an epiphany about God, will have a eureka moment about God, hopefully because of you. Because of your light, that light that you hold right now is just a small symbol of someone's, could be someone's moment of lucidity, clarity about the meaning of life. And so we want to thank you for being the potential aha moments for people literally all over this city. So for those of you who, if you get a grant or if you are going to bless your neighborhood or your network or uh, individuals that may have a need, it's going to be because this, the symbol of this little light gives them hope in the midst of where they are. So Trinity Church, thank you for being a part of this church. Thank you for adding value uh, in this church. Thank you for your love for God and your love for the people of this church. We've had a great year, and the best is yet to come. We are a church that makes, we want to make disciples. And what is a disciple? Somebody who follows Jesus, someone who is being transformed by Jesus, and someone who is committed to the mission of Jesus for the purpose of replication and multiplication. That's the kind of church we desire to be, and we want you to be a part of it. So Merry Christmas. Yeah, let's try that again. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Now, there's a way to blow out the candle. Cup it so you don't, and then blow. God bless you. Have a great time with your family and friends. There we have it.